Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. And I'm your host and the founder of Blue Pea Pod, Ruth Sanderson. If you want to become a leader of an organization where people feel alive and fully contribute, one that really understands who you are, lets you contribute your talents, live your purpose and make a difference. Listen in now as we share the latest practical ideas and techniques to experience authentic success through leadership. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast in which I want to talk about meaning and fulfillment, job fulfillment and the fact that we have a greater desire now to have some sense of meaning, purpose, deeper connection in the work that we do. Now there was a time when people looked for job security, for the right remuneration package and a career ladder. But of course that isn't the case anymore. Now we're looking for meaning and significance in our work. And when we talk about employee engagement or employee satisfaction, is what we're really interested in them just showing up and completing some tasks and feeling all right about it? Or do we really want them to show up fully present, committed to the company's mission, vision, values? And it's probably the latter. I mean, numerous studies have shown that when an individual has a personal connection to the organisation's purpose, then their productivity, motivation, creativity and resilience increase. It's also worth noting that absenteeism, sickness and stress are significantly reduced. Now there's a guy called Viktor Frankl, who was a psychotherapist and a Holocaust survivor. And he's written a brilliant book, Man's Search for Meaning. And he found that those that survived that horrendous, horrendous event did so because there was meaning for them, meaning to their life, meaning beyond the ditch that they were currently digging, that actually those who let go of life actually lost meaning first. Now, we all have commonly acknowledged needs, love, recognition, security. We also want to experience growth and to be of service. And it's in having all of these met that we feel fulfilment. As a leader, we first have to find this within ourselves, and then we're challenged to help others find it within themselves. It's no longer a case of providing, caretaking, or even parental leadership. Employees now feel responsible and accountable for their own life and career. As a leader, of course, we can guide and sponsor them in finding their answers and their path. And as a leader, the challenge is to help those around you connect to the vision, to understand their values and to find their voice. Authentic leadership is about empowering others to step up and lead. And in the 21st century, organisations of empowered leaders will be far more successful than those leaders focused on power, authority and their title. Authentic leadership and creating a workplace that's infused with meaning and fulfilment gives a level of shareholder value that you actually cannot buy. If someone has a job and things go wrong on the production line, for example, then they may stay late if there's overtime. If someone has a career and things go wrong on the production line, they may reflect on what caused the problem. 
Now, if someone has a purpose and meaning and things go wrong on the production line, they're going to stay late whether or not there's overtime. They'll look for causes, they'll look for solutions and work out how to ensure the problem won't happen again. Now, what is meaning? Now, there are many definitions. So, for example, a sense of significance, the purpose of an act, the interpretation of some intention. However, the common aspect is that we experience the sensation of meaning when we can connect our thoughts, actions or values with something else in such a way that it creates a personal sense of relevance. And as we can see, for something to have meaning or to be meaningful, it's a personal connection and connectedness that's established. We cannot then find a one-size-fits-all approach for the workplace. In fact, this is something that we can only facilitate for our staff when they're ready to make the connection for themselves. So I'm going to cover seven ways somebody can find meaning in their work. The first one is meaning through rewards and a work-life balance. So whilst we often say money is rarely a motivator, it can be important if it allows you to do something that fuels your passion. For example, this could be a hobby or it could be a children's education. This aspect of meaning is achieved through balance. The inputs are equal to the outputs and the outputs, i.e. rewards, are desired by that person. For some, this reward is financial. For others, it's job security. And others, it's recognition or awards. What has shifted in the workplace is the length of time between the input and the output. The gap is closing. People are now seeking this reward earlier. It's not about working hard for a promotion and that reward may come in two to five years down the line. Because jobs and roles are shifting so much faster, that reward may not be there. We also have the whole Generation X, Y, Millennial, blah, blah, blah dimension. And they're looking for different things from their efforts. In some cases, we would call it much more instant gratification. So work-life balance is still one of the most talked about issues in the workplace. If your work has meaning, then it is much more a part of your life. If your work is just something you do and you derive your sense of meaning outside of work, then you will see a definite split between work and life. The conversation will be about work or life, work or play, ease or struggle, commitment or sacrifice, work or family. That kind of gives you some sense of where you derive your balance from. So the second one is relationships and a sense of belonging. An organisation that's going through significant change or where uncertainty and market demands can fluctuate experiences a, possibly experiences a weakening of human bonds and relationships. This can be through the constant restructuring, internal competition around jobs or because the task has shifted and it's no longer looking at the person doing task it's actually let's look at the task the process the system it becomes dehumanized now the way we do belonging means some people will find a way of bonding together and others will look to band together around a common cause others are more free-spirited and look for mini parties with those they experience a connection with but they don't expect those parties to last 
However people choose to find their sense of belonging, it's important the organisation doesn't become so focused on outputs, processes and systems that people are just seen as the executioner of these. This can be mitigated by establishing a level of trust at all levels and then irrespective of the market changes and the consequence of those, there's an internal resilience within the organisation that can handle this without the loss of relationships. The third element is purpose. If people know the why and they buy into it, then they can work through the tough times in a way that otherwise would be unthinkable. The company's purpose, its reason for existing, shouldn't be a few nice words hung on a wall. Some companies aren't clear why they exist. And, of course, this means they blow with the wind and are moved by the storms, also called market fluctuations and other bits and pieces. But if a company purpose doesn't invigorate an individual, then, you know, there's there's a site purpose or a line purpose or a team purpose These smaller purposes should be connected to the overall purpose. It's just that for some people, the overall purpose is so large or far away for them that they don't quite connect with it on a daily basis. When some people stand on the shore, they look at the waves lapping the sand. Others look at the swell and the vast body of water and others look at the horizon and notice the tiny speck of a super tanker. If you know someone's focus and frame of reference, you can help them connect to a purpose and a why that is meaningful for them on a daily basis. Number four, the DNA, the values, the history. A sense of continuity in history is a powerful way of creating meaning and one that is so often overlooked and undervalued. The more that you understand the core of an organisation, the more you can connect the current goals and actions to that core. Again, it stops work feeling like some random series of events or flavour of the month fad. The founder of, say, Purcell or um, Snickers or Volvo had a dream. What's the 21st century flavour of that dream? Do people know of this or is there an assumption that it's obvious or is it no longer valued? People are staunchly proud of their heritage. You know, we hear it when people say, I'm from Yorkshire, I'm from Scotland, I'm from... The heritage of a business is exactly the same. Just as if you ignored the DNA of a human being and kept changing things without regard, you'd eventually kill the human. An organisation is no different. Look at all the companies and brands that have fallen by the wayside because the DNA, the core of the brand, was ignored in favour of some quick sales win. So what is the history of the brand that a team, unit, department, site can be tapped into? What are the core values that connect to the DNA and work for the business now and in the future? Which does link us into the fifth point, brand. What others think of the organisation we work for is important to us. There is a sense of pride in mentioning a brand with which we have a positive experience. We see the brand as a reflection or extension of ourselves. I wear Armani, I wear George from Asda, I drive a Fiat, I drive a Ferrari, I buy Tesco-owned label, I buy Heinz baked beans. They're all an example of our sense of connection. Employees have a deep sense of how their sector of the business or the company as a whole is perceived. 
It could be a brand, it could be a collection of brands, it could be the company overall. Some will have a connection to the field as a whole, say food manufacturing. When you're at a dinner party or down the pub, if your company or brand is mentioned, do you have an internal glow and a sense of pride or do you shuffle your feet and look at the floor? Notice if you sing its praises or refute any criticism or do you chuck the first hand grenade in before anybody else can? So number six, clarity of impact. This is about helping the individual undertake actions and tasks that make a contribution. Being busy and under pressure and delivering results and outcomes that make a difference is one thing. However, many people feel overworked and that their time is spent on pointless activities or activities that in the grand scheme of things are going to be lost, diluted or prove futile as the needs of the business demand the next thing. And if you're constantly firefighting or there's a constant flux and change without an overall goal, then the level of connection to work drops. Also in multifunctional teams, the impact of one person's actions can have an unforeseen consequence for another. This can then lead to silo mentality or micromanagement. Now, the clearer we are about accountability and responsibility, then the better you are at delegating with clarity of impact. And so you'll find out that you're asking people more quickly if the task, they see the relevance in the task or if they think that they're performing irrelevant tasks. And lastly, meaning and fulfillment through growth and personal development. People accessing their unique strengths tend to feel they are living more meaningful lives and as a consequence, their levels of happiness, motivation and health are higher. However, some appraisal schemes are still set up to pinpoint weaknesses only and then work on reducing them over the next year. Now, no human being grows and develops as an ever-expanding circle. We tend to grow in a more spiky fashion. We develop our logic or our emotions, our character over our competence. We also unconsciously encourage others to grow and develop in areas that we found led to our success. So, for example, if we have qualifications in science, we may see those that have qualifications in art as less valuable. We may prefer a more collegial approach to learning while others respond to it being more hands-on. If you can help somebody connect to their strengths and to find their unique gifts to their work, you witness someone light up like a Christmas tree. And from that point on, they can see where they need to develop, which areas they should capitalise on and which areas are holding them back. Now, of course, when they seek to reduce or mitigate a weakness, there is a context for this and an internal commitment and a desire to do so. And yes, you're there again as a sponsor, as a coach, as a mentor to help the person on their path to growth and development. So these seven ways, each is a road into increasing the sense of meaning and fulfilment somebody can have in a work context. It is a totally personal thing, but it really is worthwhile pursuing those conversations with somebody when they're ready for it, to help them to have that internal core and connection that will last the rest of their working life. Until next time, 
Go and be the difference in leadership.